So I want to speak this gift thanks. Psalms 118, verses 28 and 29. I'll be leaving from the, uh, reading from the New Living Translation. It says, You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Lord, again, we thank You for Your goodness. May we decrease this morning. May you increase in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. I do love Thanksgiving time in our house. It is one of the, our favorite times of the year. Uh, I love the food, and uh, it's good food. We actually just celebrated for us on Friday. Uh, our, some of our family was able to come down. Our children were here, and so we had our uh, part one of Thanksgiving on Friday, and it was wonderful. Uh, we did overeat and slept well on Saturday. If you know that's a good thing, say amen. But I love the time with family more than the food itself. I love the fact that at this time of year people stop and take inventory of the goodness of God in their lives and what He's done. And at this time of year, when we are especially reminded to stop and think about what we're thankful for, what we're grateful and appreciative for. It would be good for us to consider whether we have been thankful, grateful, and appreciative of the Lord all year round. Really, the truth is that's who we are. We're called to be a grateful people. Even if we've been through hard times, those times could have been even harder. And even in the midst of the hard times, we still can think about how much we have to be appreciative about right now. And while we're still going through our struggle, we can still take stock of everything that God is doing at the moment in our life. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The Bible actually commands us to be thankful and in everything to give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I don't know if you've noticed, but we live in a world that teaches us to see the negative in everything. As a matter of fact, if you listen to most people, even when they're talking about the things that they're grateful for, there's a pause, and then they add this one little word, but... I'm thankful, but I'm grateful, but we don't just stop at the things that we are very grateful for. We've been conditioned to actually be negative about everything. And in a society where that is true, gratitude becomes an even greater virtue. The Amplified says in every situation, no matter what the circumstance, be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, and this hit me so strong as I was reviewing this yesterday for today. This is the will of God for you. When you've ever thought about the will of God for your life, have you ever thought that it's His will, His purpose, that you and I are grateful people? It's His will. One of the things that we've been impressed with over this week is uh, Brittany and Billy have been teaching my granddaughter, and so has my wife, very 
very, very carefully that any time you give something or Emily asks for something, she's to say thank you. And Wesley and Jen had been, of course, not with us, them living in Indiana, and all this week they've been amazed at how polite she really is. Even when she doesn't want to do something, Emily will look at you and go, no, thank you. It's hard not to get mad at that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? She's polite, even while she's being rebellious. You're ready to give her a smack on the rear end, and then all of a sudden, thank you. It's just too cute. Listen, even if things seem to be going wrong all around us, we can still stop to count our blessings. And we may be in need, even at the present moment, but the fact is, even in the midst of something we need, there are many things and many reasons to be thankful for. I want to ask you this morning, what are you thankful for? What has God done for you this year that has been a blessing to you? What have others done for you that deserve a special thank, a special thank you and a reminder of what they did? I love that the word thankful that is used throughout the New Testament is really a translation of the Greek word charistos. And the word charistos comes from the Greek word charis, which is a New Testament word for grace, favor. And when the word charis is transformed into charistos, it more fully expresses the idea of one whose heart is thankful and grateful and appreciative for every season and every season of life that they're in. Listen, a grateful person is a grace-filled person. They are those who walk in the favor of God and they've learned to be graceful in every situation that they're in because they are grateful for the faithfulness of God. One Greek scholar said that the word charistos depicts an inward awareness of having been fortunate or well-treated. And that means that the word thankful actually projects the deep inward feeling of one who is thankful and grateful or appreciative for what one has received or how they've been treated by others. We have all experienced people that have said thank you, but their heart wasn't in it. But you recognize those who inwardly are actually appreciative for everything. I think one of the things that amazes me every year when we watch the videos from Operation Christmas Child, we fit things into these little shoeboxes, and the things that we're sending to these countries are just basic little trinkets that many of us have actually either shoved into drunk, uh, junk drawers or put in the garage, and we use them occasionally. But when these families open these boxes, there is absolute appreciativeness for the basic things we take for granted. And I love to see those reminders on the face of those children and even the adults who in their place in life really have learned to be thankful for everything. 
What that reminds me, in a country where we live in such abundance every day, where we eat well every day, where most of us will have no problem putting on a feast that many families around the world would never even think about, is to think of it and to realize how blessed we really are. All three words, thankfulness, gratitude, and appreciation are the expressions of a person who is thankful that they have experienced blessing in their life. It depicts those words, depicts someone who is grateful towards a person or towards people who treat them kindly, and they are very thankful for what has happened in their life. And they communicate a recognition that they see that they have things to be grateful for. Thankfulness and gratitude, listen, are not an attitude. They're a condition of the heart. It is one of those things that you just don't choose to express because it's the right thing to do and it comes across in the way that it actually should. If you're truly grateful and thankful, It comes from who you are as a person. The Bible tells us that the goodness and mercy of God will follow us all the days of our life. How many of you know, and we sang that this morning, His goodness is running after me. Listen, if you walk in the favor of God and the goodness of God, if you are a child of God, listen, the goodness of the Lord is over your life. Turn to someone next to you and tell them I'm blessed. Go ahead. Tell them right now. I pray that as believers we would understand that we walk in that every single day. I love that song. And whenever we get to that line... All my life, you have been faithful. I remember the first time I heard this song. All my life, you have been faithful. And I've got to tell you, as I was just singing along to it, it hit me like a ton of bricks because it was true. And I'm not much of a crier, but I've got to tell you, as I sang that, How many of you have found him to be faithful? The longer that I serve the Lord, the more that I watch my family grow and increase, the more I see his provision with every breath that I am able. I will sing of the goodness of God. And listen, your song doesn't have to be in a melody of music, your song can just be the words that come out as you share. There are a lot of people in this world, there are a lot of Christians that their song is one of complaint. And my prayer is that my song will always be all my life. You've been faithful. All my life, you've been so good. And I think that there's a profound reason why that song has resonated within the body of Christ because how many of you know he's been better to us than we ever deserve? David expressed that in Psalms 34 verses 3 through 9. He said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. 
the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. I love how the New Living says it, for those who fear him will have all that they need. Listen, those who know the Lord have tasted and seen that he is good. How many of you have found that he is good this morning? I love how David, through those verses, began to list the ways that the goodness of God impacted his life. I cried out, and he heard me. I looked to him, and I became radiant. I was a poor man, but he saved me out of all my troubles. I put my trust in him, and he's never let me down. I was looking at these verses, and I was struck with how intertwined thankfulness is with trust. Have you ever noticed that the people you are thankful for the most are the people that you trust the most. And that goes deep to the heart. And it often results in us praising those we trust. Your wife, your husband, your children, a true friend that has been there through thick and thin, and of course our God. Now I want you to mark this down again if you're taking notes. You can't have thanks without giving. Every blessing that we have comes from God. And he gave them to us. And the only way people or God know that we're grateful is if we actually tell them. It's one thing to be thankful internally. It is a completely better thing to give thanks and tell someone exactly what they did and what it meant to you. You see, to give thanks means that you don't keep that gratitude to yourself. Thanksgiving always involves expression and intention. And grateful people tend to linger over life's blessings. Every year when we sit down to Thanksgiving dinner and we have as much of the family as we can around the table or we get them, how many of you are thankful for FaceTime and and Messenger? You can have people right at the table and they could be somewhere else. But we always take time around that table to pray and thank God for what the year. And even with the food on the plates and the belly very much ready to eat it, we take a moment and linger over what God has done. I think it's important that we do that. You see, the English word thank shares the same root as think. And thankfulness is intimately connected to thoughtfulness. We can't be grateful without being mindful of the many benefits that we enjoy in life and conscious of the rich blessing that we've been given. And the truth is that grateful people take time to rejoice, which literally means to experience repeated joy through the remembrance of the grace and goodness one has received. We're blessed. If you're blessed, would you say a good amen? Amen. 
And it's important to count your blessings. And the truth is that we have so many blessings that the prophet Ezekiel called them showers of blessings. How many of you know he has showered you with blessings today? It was interesting over the the last month our, our washing machine started sounding more like a rocket taking off instead of something that was actually getting the laundry done. As a matter of fact, there were a couple moments when I thought it was going to put a hole in the garage door. I didn't realize how bad it was shaking until I was working in the garage and listened to the washer hit the wall. And my wife had told me two weeks ago, we really need a new washer. I said, okay, I'll get right on it. How many of you know I didn't get right on it? I remember times in life where needing to go get a washer would have been a problem. Just been had to praying, God, I need a washer. Would you somehow just have some? Instead, at this point in our life, God has provided. We walked right over the Home Depot, and they had something called a Black Friday sale on Monday. Come on, someone say a good amen. It was glorious. And not only did we get a good washing machine, we got a really good washing machine for the price of a not-so-good washing machine. I want to tell you, as we were, they dropped that off, and they brought it into our house, and we hooked it up. Both my wife and I were standing there looking at it, going, this is the first time we've had a new washing machine in our entire life. And we looked at that thing, and really went through, my head was, all my life you've been faithful. And it's one of those washing machines with a clear top. Now I can watch it wash. Listen, Emmett's household got fancy on y'all, glory to God. I just got to take those little things. Listen, how many of you remember where you've been and where you've come from? How many of you are thankful where God has brought you to? Listen, I want to tell you, we should be so appreciative of how God takes care of every one of us. Again, Ezekiel calls it showers of blessings. Ezekiel says, I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing, and I will cause showers to come down in their season, and there shall be showers of blessing. The Amplified says, I will make them and the place around my hill, which is Jerusalem, a blessing, and I will make showers come down in their season. There will be abundant showers of blessing, divine favor. When God blesses, it's not just a trickle. It's not a light drizzle. He said showers of blessing. And listen, there are many types of blessings that he gives us. First of all, there are spiritual blessings. And while the list that I'm about to give you isn't in in order, this one needs to be at the top. How many of you are thankful for salvation? for deliverance? How many of you are looking forward to heaven forever? How many of you are grateful for the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit for our Father God who is the source of every blessing, every comfort, every help, every wisdom that comes from the Spirit of God? As a matter of fact, the Bible calls those things spiritual riches. We should never stop giving glory to the Lord. Another area of blessing is physical blessing. Listen, if you got up today and you were able to walk, breathe, talk, lift, and a thousand normal other actions and motions, you're doing just fantastic. The truth is you and I could be impaired in hundreds of different ways, but God has given us strength and life and vitality. I want to encourage you, don't lose sight of all that you have and are and what you want and what you don't have. Be thankful for what God has given you. God's given us family blessings. The Lord's given me a wonderful wife of over 34 years. 
three amazing children. I now have three grandchildren and another one on the way in April. How many of you have been blessed? He gives us financial blessings, cars and clothes and food and furniture and beds and literally hundreds of labor-saving devices. Listen, I marvel sometimes at how much stuff that we've accumulated and we have so many material blessings that sometimes we actually get annoyed at how much we have. How many of you have ever walked around your house and just looked at yourself and gone, we're absolutely ridiculous, we've got too much here. Turn to someone and say, that's a good thing and you're blessed. Come on, I want to tell you, I see husbands and wives poking each other right now and I've been telling you to get rid of some of it. Hallelujah. Millions of people around the world right now don't have a drop of clean water, a comfortable piece of clothing. Many of them, what we're going to eat on Thanksgiving Day would be what would sustain them for weeks at a time. Can I remind you to be thankful? We have relational blessings. God's blessed us with many church family and friends. Philippians says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Think about the people that God has brought into your life to be a blessing. I want to encourage you to stop thinking about all the people who get under your skin to stop thinking about all the people that annoy you. And listen, the truth is there are. If you know that's true, say a good amen. And listen, be thankful for the ones that are a blessing in your life. We should take a moment to think through the blessings. We should take inventory of what God has given us, especially as we go into this week. If you're taking notes, mark this down. Grateful people have an eternal perspective about where they are in life. Two words, right now. We're to be thankful for now. I want to remind you that life is a journey and not a destination. Appreciate where you are now. Wesley and Jen left yesterday about one o'clock to head back to Indiana, which meant they'd get home about four o'clock in the morning this morning. He didn't want to leave, so he waited to the last possible moment that he could. Finally, we had to look at him and go, you need to go. We have work to do. You've been here for a week. Go home. <laughs> so we talked to him last night about 10 o'clock, just before we were headed to bed. I said, where are you at? He said, I'm just north of Atlanta, and I wish the ride was over already. I said, well, listen, you've got about seven more hours to go. I said, just settle in and enjoy the ride. And he said, yeah. <laughs> About four o'clock this morning, the Lord woke me up. I knew he was getting tired. The Lord said, pray for him. So I began to pray, and I texted him four in the morning. Where are you at? He said, I'm about 15 minutes away. I said, listen, I'm going to stay up with you. Hang in till you get there. Fifteen minutes later, I got a text. I'm home. I said, go to bed. Listen, enjoy where you are now. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote that there's a time for every purpose under heaven. 
And if you're able to live with this perspective, it'll help you where you are and to be patient in the journey. The truth is that the greatest rewards that life offers come on the way to the destination, not after you have arrived at the destination. The destination's great, but the journey's important too. I found that destination disease causes a person to always search for happiness somewhere in the future. You always hear it from the young, and we're kind of taught it in our culture, when I graduate then, when I meet my soulmate then, when I pay off the mortgage then, when I get the promotion, when I retire, then I'll be happy. Listen, the prime symptom of destination disease is discontentment about where you are. And those who are infected by it postpone joy until some distant occasion that may never ever transpire. Be joyful where you are now. It's a choice. That means really that many times we're missing out instead of being thankful for where we are. Robert J. Hastings said, sooner or later we must realize there is no ideal destination, no one place to arrive at once for all. The true joy of life outdistances us. So stop pacing the aisles and counting the miles. Instead, climb more mountains, eat more ice cream, amen. Go barefoot more often, swim more rivers, watch more sunsets, laugh more and cry less. Life must be lived as we go along. Relish the moment. Learn to enjoy the seasons. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 12, if you're a believer, is one that most of us know. It says, for everything there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden of God is placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. Enjoy where you are. Thankful people see everything as a gift. And maintaining an attitude or a heart of gratitude and a giving heart does not mean that the journey will be painless. And that's why it's important to see things from God's perspective. In those moments when you are reluctant to endure the pain of giving something up or making a transgression, seek to be grateful in all your struggles, to see the bigger picture through a grateful lens. I love the story of how Thanksgiving came to America. We actually set a lot of trends around the world as a nation. And while the tradition of Thanksgiving dates back to the 1620s, 
the official holiday never really came into existence until 1863 when President Abraham Lincoln issued a proclamation to set aside the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving. And remember, this was right in the middle of the American Civil War. Yet despite the nation's struggles, Lincoln still realized there was much to be grateful for. Can I remind you of that, fellow Americans? People say we're in the middle of another civil war, and while that may be true, I don't know. My prayer is that we'll be grateful. There's so much to be thankful for. In fact, Abraham wanted all Americans to join him, and he wrote, No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who while dealing with us in anger for our sins, has nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwells in the heavens. I would think one of the many things that we can admire about President Lincoln is the ability that he had to look beyond the circumstances, to see the better. And while the Civil War threatened to tear the nation apart, he looked past the fighting and saw a day when the nation would be whole once again. And this was the vision that allowed him to see the hand of God moving with grace during one of our nation's most trying periods. He could see not only immediate blessings to be thankful for, but also greater blessings to come. And he literally let his faith become sight. And it spurred him to greater gratitude. That's what I call having a vision. I want to ask you this Thanksgiving, what do you see? What do you see for your life? For your family? For our nation? For our church? Listen, gratitude doesn't come from our circumstances. It comes from how we choose to see the world. And that's called perspective. I want to remind you as I begin to move towards the end of this message that the Bible tells us that one of the signs of the last days is that people would be unthankful. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Today, people complain about everything, including about how much people complain about everything, which just proves that if you don't have something to complain about, you can find something to complain about if you want to. Can I tell you this? Complaining is toxic to the complainer. It's toxic to the one being complained about and to the one listening to the complaining. The truth is that the more you complain, the more problem-focused you become. And the more thankful you are, the more things become less of a problem and the more solutions 
you get to see. Listen, I wasn't thrilled that I had to go out and get rid of a washer that I thought should last a little longer. But instead of complaining about it, I needed to be thankful that I had the ability to get another washer that was going to last a lot longer. Perspective. The more you complain, the more problem-focused you are. But the more thankful you are, the more things become less of a problem and the more solutions you see. Psalm 77, David said, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Have you noticed how overwhelmed people are today? I wonder if it has to do anything with our complaining. Never in my life have I seen so many people, especially young people, filled with anxiety. People talk about the resilience of past generations. But I think that's because they grew up appreciating things more. They did less complaining and were taught to be grateful. I want to remind you that thankfulness is a choice that must be cultivated and must be learned. It's something the parents need to instill in their children. Everything that we have is because we've received it from someone. Listen, work is hard. But we're to be grateful for the job so that we can eat and pay the bills. Is there anyone in here who's glad that they got to eat this week? We should appreciate the boss who hired us and the boss who believes in us. One of the reasons that we felt good about things is because we worked hard for them. And we appreciate what it took to get them. I think one of the greatest things my mom ever did was when I turned 15. In Pennsylvania, we really couldn't work till you were 16, but you could get working papers at 15. They weren't allowed to work you more than 20 hours a week. And my mom looked at me at 15 and said, guess what? You're getting a job. And they said, and guess what? I said, what? Now that you have money, you're going to pay for some of these things. I began to appreciate everything that she had done because I began to understand the cost of what it was. How many of you are thankful for what Jesus has done for you? and understand the cost. You've watched his faithfulness be good to us. When Paul spoke about those who would become unthankful, he was speaking about a society or a people who once were thankful. It was people who once had an attitude of gratefulness for even the little things, but somehow they lost their thankful, appreciative attitude, and they become unthankful for what they had. As a matter of fact, they become to a place where what they had wasn't enough, and they just always wanted more. Enough was ever enough, never enough. There's always something else that goes just a little more. And that begins to fill the mind of a society. It fills the mind of families. And rather than being appreciative for what has happened and recognize everything that God has done, they become unthankful, filled with ingratitude, and unappreciative for what others do for them. The Bible says that many will depart from a thankful attitude and transition into a state of unthankfulness. Listen, the Bible says that unthankfulness will grip the society at the end of the age. 
And as I was looking at that, it was interesting. Because unthankfulness in the Bible is so wicked that Jesus connected it with evil. Luke 6.35 says, But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Isn't it interesting that he put those two words right next to each other? They're in the same category. It tells us that an unthankful attitude is evil in God's sight. And it is spiritually criminal not to be thankful for what we have in life, even if it seems like what we have is little compared to someone else's blessing. Can I ask you this morning, what are you thankful for? Who in your family are you grateful for? Have you found yourself becoming discontented? What has God done for you this year that has been a blessing to you? What have others done for you this year that deserves a special thank you? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, in everything. Say that with me, in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Would you look at me for a minute? Thankfulness is God's will for you. I love to watch my daughter now teaching my granddaughter to be thankful. I love it. Can I have water? Yeah. Anything I have, you can have within reason. You're two. Sometimes she'll just take it and walk away. And I love watching Don look at her and go, and? Oh, thank you. Even the little things. When was the last time you said thank you to your husband or wife? To your kids. My prayer is that in these last days, one of the things that people will notice different about the body of Christ is our gratefulness for everything that God has done. You and I must turn our eyes towards the good in our life. And we must turn away from the difficult things that try to hold our focus and choose to be grateful. It doesn't mean that you have to hide your head in the sand and not know that some things aren't going well. But it does mean that we don't let those things overshadow all the good that God is doing. Has he been faithful to you? Listen, would you bow your heads for just a moment? I'd like the ushers to come. We're going to receive communion this morning. One of the things that I love about Thanksgiving and Christmas time and Easter time, each of those specific holidays, is that we're able to come together and share the table of the Lord. I may not be able to go to your house this week and find out if every one of you knows how to cook a good turkey or a prime rib or whatever it is you choose to make. But we do get to share the table of the Lord together. Just as Sherry's playing some music and as the elements are being handed to you, would you just take some time to thank Jesus for all that he's done? Maybe make a mental list. 
Think of someone that you need to go to and say, man, you've been amazing. You've been a blessing. Thank you. Buddy, right before church, you took your blower out of the back of the truck. I don't know who carries a blower in the back of their truck, but you do. And he just blew off the entire sidewalk. You didn't even notice that because it was clean. Thank you. God's good. Amen. just stand with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for how much you have loved us. First of all, we want to thank you for sending your son Jesus. As we hold these elements in our hands, a primary purpose in this is to remember what you did at Calvary. How you gave your life for us to provide sacrifice for our sins that we might know what forgiveness is what it is to have right relationship with you Lord we also want to take this moment on the week of Thanksgiving to thank you for all the many ways you have been so good to us we stand in awe of who you are 
God, you know us better than we know ourselves. And there have been ways that you have spoken to us that have touched us so deeply. No one else could have said the words in the way that you did and have the power to bring, a, bring about the healing that you've promised in your word. And we thank you for it. We thank you for how you've provided for us. God, we look at the blessings we have in our homes, the food, just the natural things of life that your word tells us we don't even need to be concerned about. And the truth is, while we've worried about those things many times, we found out we didn't need to. You have always made a way. And we're grateful for that. Lord, thank you for our families that are here with us to celebrate during this season. And Lord, thank you for our families that have gone on to glory that knows what it is to sit around the table of the Lord in heaven. I thank you for every promise that you've given us. Lord, this morning, as we examine our own lives, your word says that we should take of these elements in a worthy manner. So, Father, at this moment, we ask that you would forgive us of every sin, known and unknown, everything. Lord, we come, everything that we know that has been out of your will, we take and lay at your feet with every intent not to repeat it, every intent to live for you. Thank you that the blood of Jesus makes us clean and holy in your sight. I pray that you would forgive us where we've become like the culture around us to become unthankful. Today we purpose in our heart as we receive these elements to be a grateful people. I pray that you would make us aware. That you would find us being thoughtful. Considerate. For those that have become negative like the world around, I pray that you would change our minds, be transformed, so that we begin to see all the blessings we have before we even recognize all the things that are wrong. And so as we receive these elements this morning, every bit of this we want to give thanks to you for. You've been good. Lord, many of us in this room are seasoned in our walk with you. We've been serving you for decades. And we can look back and see your goodness. Even when we thought you weren't there, you were there. You made a way at times where we didn't even understand how in the world you did it, but you did. We thank you. The night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take it and eat it. And as often as you do, do it in remembrance of me. Let us receive the body of the Lord this morning. In the same manner after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant that is in my blood. Take it and drink it, and as often as you do, do it in remembrance of me. Let's receive the blood of the Lord this morning. Would you just lift your hands and just give him praise this morning? Lord, we love you. We give you glory. We thank you for your faithfulness. We honor you this morning. We bless you. We sing your praises. 
Oh, Lord, come and continue to just have your way. Be glorified. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Could you sing that all my life you have been faithful? All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness. Sing that one more time. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Well, listen, I pray the Lord give you a marvelous, marvelous Thanksgiving week. For many of you who are going out of town, just be safe traveling. Listen, you'll get there. Be courteous to people on the road. And if you think they're crazy, they are. Just don't become one of them. Amen. And uh, may you feast. Remember, there is no service this Wednesday night. The truth is you need time to prepare that meal and get where you're going. We'll see you Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. God bless you.